Is democracy under attack in Canada's largest city? Welcome to the Unpublished Cafe. I'm Ed Hand. Ontario's new government has turned upside down on the upcoming municipal election in Toronto by announcing legislation to reduce the size of Toronto City Council from 47 this fall to 25. Now, currently, there are 44 councillors, but a ward boundary review is poised to increase that number to 47. Well, now that work and expense is being tossed out the window by the Ontario government. As well, the province is suspending the upcoming election of regional chairs in Peel, York and Muskoka ridings. Former PC leader Patrick Brown is running for the seat in Peel. Under the BNA Act of 1867, provinces have the power to make these changes. Municipalities are creatures of the province. The Ontario government feels this move will save taxpayers about 25 to $30 million over four years, although there's little evidence to support that. Abacus, da- Abacus Data conducted a survey of Toronto residents and found almost 7 in 10 think the idea should be scrapped or postponed until the next election. That also includes one-third of Toronto voters who cast a ballot for the PCs. The majority of residents disapprove of the way it's been handled and feel they weren't consulted about the issue. While there is little the federal government can do, there is a growing course of outrage about what's happening in Toronto. Adam Vaughn is the MP for Spadina, Fort York, Parliamentary Secretary to the Prime Minister on Intergovernmental Affairs, as well as a former member of Toronto City Council in Trinity, Spadina, between 2006 and 2014. He's penned a scathing rebuke to the move on his Facebook page, dubbed Defend Toronto. And Adam joins us now. And Adam, uh, in your view, this is an assault on democracy? Well, to do it in the middle of an election when when people have quit jobs and started campaigning and and spent money and and all of a sudden find that they're not even running an award that exists anymore, um, you know, with with, with short notice, no notice, no consultation is um, a deliberate attempt to to disrupt and, and in fact, to damage um, the electoral process, which is an attack on local democracy. There's no other way to see it. And when when you talk about uh, disrupt, when disruption was a good way to describe Doug, Doug Ford's term on council, was it not? Well, he, he he wasn't there most of the time. I mean, the, the one thing about the Fords is, is uh, uh, at best, they're part-time politicians. They don't normally read the reports they're voting on or, or, or you know, usually after after four or five years in politics, you can point to something and say, here, I did that. Um, the only thing the Fords really ever did was break things at City Hall, and now they're at Queen's Park, and Doug Ford is, is you know, breaking Toronto. You know, it's interesting. This is Toronto is the only municipality in the province that seems to be getting this. And you know, they were, you know, I mentioned this. We're reducing council to twenty five, but here in the city of Ottawa, our council's twenty three. It, it just seemed kind of well, strange. It's. I mean, there were a couple other races outside Toronto that were impacted. <clears throat> Tellingly, one had Patrick Brown in it. Mm-hmm. The other had uh, Steve Del Duca, uh, who's rumored to 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 want uh, the leadership job at, at at Queens Park for the Liberals. I mean, he, he didn't he didn't do an analysis of Ontario and come up with a better governance structure. He he took a look at three jurisdictions where where political opposition was brewing, and he and he just threw hand grenades into the midst of of the uh, uh, the, the city halls and the local council races. But it's kind of interesting. He's done a couple of other things. That that uh, are equally puzzling. One of them is that he's he's now changed the trustee races for boards of education. Well, trustees are elected in Ontario by their Catholic or public school supporters. They don't necessarily balance out federal riding to federal riding or provincial riding to provincial riding, and so the school boards, who also have to run elections in a few in a few weeks, are now really scrambling to try and see how they even compile the information to create equal sized ward boundaries so that trustees can do the work they need to do for parents and for the school system. So now. None of this has been thought through. It's it's just uh, sledgehammer politics. He's the premier. He's got the sledgehammer. He's going to swing it. 
You're the parliamentary secretary to the prime minister on intergovernmental affairs. Mm, actually, no, no I'm, the, I'm the parliamentary secretary to, to Jean-Yves Duclos, who's the minister for families, children, and social development. I'm in charge of housing and urban affairs, but but uh, while I still have the urban affairs portfolio, I was switched from the prime minister to a minister to deal with the national housing strategy. So that's that, I was first appointed for the first year of, of parliament for that, but I'm now in a new portfolio. All right. I'm wondering, in, in terms of the caucus uh, on, on the Hill, what was the reaction? What's the concern? Well, I think all of us have dealt with the Fords in one way or another in the Toronto part of the, the Liberal caucus, and, and we're certainly you know, well acquainted with his behavior while on city council. Uh, it, it's, uh, I think the only response, with it constitutionally, I mean, it's, it, you know, the, the, as you referenced off the top, the, the BNA Act and, and the Constitution Act of 1867 are pretty clear. Section 92.8 says that, that provinces have sole jurisdiction over the composition of municipal governance, and that's the way it is. There's not much the federal government can do. There is a small clause which allows us to to interfere or or uh, stop legislation which interferes with federal authority, um, but I don't think that would stand up in court. The only time it's ever been used was to stop the uh, Preston Manning's father, Ernst Manning, when he's premier of Alberta, from printing phony the the, the, the social credit the the the, the, uh, the uh, uh, made in Alberta. Um, currency. So there's not much we can do legally at the federal level. However, that being said, we have worked very deliberately in the last three years to make sure that that all orders of government, municipal, provincial, indigenous, and federal governments sat around the table when when figuring out what national priorities should be set and how they should be funded. We've been very clear about dealing directly with cities on on issues like transit and housing when necessary. Um, And we will use, I guess, our spending power and our programming and legislative power to make sure that that, uh, urban areas are not hurt by um, aggressively disruptive um, provincial governments. You know, at the end of the day, the people in Toronto are Canadians too, and they should be able to count on their national government um, to defend the institutions and the people of the city if they can't do it uh, through legal means, at least do it through supportive or political means, and that's what we intend to do. Adam Vaughn is uh, joining us on, on the Unpublished Cafe as we talk about the Ontario government changing the composition of Toronto City Council for the upcoming municipal election. And, you know, you sat on, on Toronto City Council for, for eight years, and, you know, I, I'm not quite sure how how large your uh, ward was, but when we look at what's going to happen now with just 25 wards, what's that workload going to be like? Well, it it. It, it, it's not. I mean, the the individual workloads are heavy. I mean, Toronto City Councilors, um, you know, you may only sit in City Council for three days, but you've got Community Council, you've got Standing Committees, you've got um, 123 different agency boards and commissions that the city is sometimes obligated, other times voluntarily chosen to govern itself with. Um, when you cut council down from from 45 or 47 to 25, the workload doesn't change. It just gets redistributed and doubled for people uh, sitting on City Council. So, you know, the things like the police board, the library board, the TTC, um, the, the Board of Health, you know, all these different committees are still going to have to be staffed by politicians, which means, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and only so many days in the week. You're going to have to double up on the hours you're working to attend all the committee meetings, which is going to bite into um, the community meetings you hold. Uh, I, I represent a, a downtown part of the city. Uh, I, I typically would have about 90 different development applications underway at any one given time. Uh, my population when I left office was about 127,000 members. That riding will now get doubled in size. 
the, 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 the swing in the terms of the largest to smallest ridings, the, the swing is about fifty to 60,000 voters now. It's, that's going to get even worse as, as time goes by, because don't forget, in, in municipal elections, property owners have a right to vote, not just citizens, so you can live in two different parts of the province and vote in two different parts of the province. Um, and so it gets it gets challenging, especially for those areas that have complex urban environments with, with you know, universities, hospitals, open-air markets, sports stadiums, the financial district, and condos, and residential neighborhoods, and all the other things that are entailed in running a city. So my guess is is that um, in, in the outer suburbs, and some of the very small ridings, you're not going to see much difference in terms of the workload. Um, but downtown, you're going to swamp um, uh, a significant number of those uh, 25 um, surviving councillors with an immense amount of work, or you're just going to stop doing stuff. And I think that's where the real risk mm-hmm. is, is, is that when you pull councillors out of the police service board, off the TTC, away from the library board, the 123 agency boards and commissions that report by committees through to city council once a month, when you don't have councillors sitting on those boards, they don't understand how the decisions are made or what the rationale were or what the financing is. Um, you're going to be basically second-guessing every single committee because you're not part of the process evolving a consensus forward and sort of, uh, and sort of building a, uh, you know, sort of a working coordinated city model. What you're going to have is, is a bunch of agency boards and commissions running off now every direction at once. Most of them won't be elected. There won't be much public or accountable or, or public oversight over any of these bodies. And when it, by the time it gets to council, there won't be that sort of naturally formed consensus, which, which got us to do most of the work very quickly without much much controversy or debate. So it, it's going to become extraordinarily dysfunctional. Council's massively overworked. The public cut off from, from deputations and, and public input and, 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 and even public meetings. Uh, and when it stops working, Ford's going to say, see, it's still broken. Let me break it some more. I mean, the one thing that, 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 that people like Ford who don't like government um, seem to be able to do with a great deal of, of, of um, uh, elegance, if you can call it that, I'm not sure what it's called, but with a great deal of consistency, perhaps, is to walk into government, break it, and then turn around at the next election and say, see, it's still broken. I've got to break it some more. And the constant breaking of public institutions and public uh, and democratic processes um, eventually impacts people, and, and it impacts people insofar as they can't get their voice heard within the system, they can't get the system to respond to their needs, and they can't evolve policies, which meet some of the new challenges facing Toronto. So Ford's latest foray into City Hall, once again, sort of, you know, starts smashing everything, and in, its, and in the wake of, of, of yet another Ford at City Hall, there's not much to show for it, and, and the public is going to be even more uh, disgruntled about what's going on at City Hall, and therefore it's going to be justified in making more cuts, is my guess. All right, Adam, uh, what, can, what are you going to be doing you know, as this moves forward? Is there anything you can do, or are you just going to keep... Uh, keep well, uh, there's a municipal election on. I'm still mm-hmm. a citizen and still politically engaged in my community, and so I'll be making sure that, that, um, that, that candidates who support standing up to Ford and, and building a strong and democratic city are, are elected. You know, I've got about, in my federal writings, there are probably about four different um, ward councils that now will be boiled down to one, I guess, but, but not quite one. Um, but I'll be I'll be um, um, making sure that councillors in the downtown where I live um, are, are properly supported, especially those that will stand up to the Ford agenda. I'll also be making sure that at federal level, the policies we put together um, uh, allow us to work around hostile. Um, you know, 
hostile provincial governments in order to serve municipalities, but more importantly, Canadians who live in urban centres properly. And we, we had a terrible night last night in terms of rain in Toronto. We had floods and, and the TTC has been turned upside down. We've had fires. We've had people trapped in elevators. Um, it, it was a really horrific set of rainstorms that moved through last night. And we've got the provincial minister, Lisa McLeod, who comes up from Ottawa Way, sort of tweeting, you know, what's the big panic? Everything seems fine here. Why is the NDP all hysterical? And and, and it's, 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 it's kind of a, you, you can't really figure whether it's a, a sort of a, a design neglect or just sort of an arrogant dismissal of, of, of the needs of people of Toronto. I, I, there's a sense you get from, from the folks up in, up in Queen's Park right now that it could care less about Toronto. And if Toronto is suffering, tough. The rest of the province is doing fine. See you later. Well, I can tell you right now, people in Toronto are not going to take that quietly, and we're going to stand up to people like Lisa McLeod and Doug Ford, and we're going to fight to protect the things we value by our city. And one of those things we value is a democratic process by which we make decisions. And, and you know, I don't pretend to dismiss or, or, or you know, adjudicate or even second-guess, you know, political debates in Thunder Bay or Ottawa or Barrie or Temiskaming. I, I, I'm baffled as to why the rest of the province suddenly has expert opinion about what goes on in the city of Toronto. If they want to know, they should come down to City Hall and watch it, and they should sit in some of our committee meetings and listen to the deliberations and what they'll find it sounds a lot like their communities reasonable people sitting down dealing with difficult issues trying to make the best of it and and into this mix now we have doug ford and his band of of of, uh you know sort of very destructive policies and very arrogant uh, county ministers telling us what's what in toronto what's good for us and we'll just have to sit here and swallow because they won the election well that's not democracy. That's not the way it's supposed to work. And, and quite frankly, as a citizen, as an elected official from Toronto, I'll make sure it doesn't happen because I love the city too much to surrender it to the likes of, of, of that kind of destructive behavior. Adam, thank you for joining us. Not a problem. I just want to say one last thing about Los Angeles, which is the city we keep getting compared to. Los Angeles is a three-tiered government. Their, their, their executive committee has 15 city councils, but there are 97 community councils that are all elected. The city of Los Angeles also has an independent city charter, which de- declares that the state government can't interfere with its elections or the boundaries of its elections. So if Doug Ford wants to remake Toronto in the, in the shape of Los Angeles, all I can say is bring it on. All right. Adam, thank you for, so much for joining us. Not a worry. Thank you. All the best. Adam Vaughn is the MP for Spadina, Fort York. As well, he was a former member of Toronto City Council in Trinity Spadina Ward between 2006 and 2014 and had a front row seat to Doug Ford on council. Just to be fair, I called and emailed the Premier for an interview about this on the podcast, and I received neither an email nor a callback. The issue of arbitrary reduction in the size of Toronto City Council has many keeping close tabs on the move and upcoming rollout. Duff Conacher is currently a director and one of the founders of Democracy Watch, a national nonprofit, nonpartisan organization, and Canada's leading citizen group advocating democratic reform, government accountability, and corporate responsibility. And Duff joins us now. And, and Duff, from the Democracy Watch uh, perspective, what concerns you about this, uh, th- this rollout from the Ontario government? Uh, well, the uh, big problems are that uh, it wasn't mentioned during the election campaign, so it's not part of the mandate of the government. Uh, secondly, the Ford government didn't consult at all before uh, implementing this decision. And third, uh, Premier Ford lied in terms of the reasons for making the change. And in, in, when you talk about more than one. More than once. And in which case are we referring to? In terms of false claims that he made. And which claims? The saving of money? 
no. Well, uh, I don't think there will be a saving of money because the staff will have to be doubled for each counselor. Otherwise, service will drop um, because it will take twice as long to get uh, things dealt with by any counselor's office because um, the counselors will each be representing twice as many people, uh, essentially. And uh, so I don't think there'll be much savings. Um, there could be extra costs for the selection as well, the one that's going to happen now, because the uh, clerk's office and their staff are going to be have to work double overtime to make the adjustment uh, to this. And uh, But he also said, oh, well, look at Los Angeles. Los Angeles has fewer counselors than Toronto and 4 million, uh, 4 million voters. Um, but Los Angeles also has multiple uh, boroughs, which Toronto used to have before it was amalgamated. Yeah. So it actually has many more counselors overall than Toronto has. So that was just one of the, the false claims he made. Um, he, you know, he also claimed that the consultation took place during the election. Well, he didn't even mention this. Uh, and, um, and uh, I believe his claim as well um, is just pure exaggeration. No one comes up to me to saying we need more politicians. Well, that doesn't mean that people come up to him and say you need half as many politicians. You know, so it's just a dishonest, uh, undemocratic, unrepresentative decision uh, that could end up not saving any money. I I understand what you're saying. It's undemocratic, but. The province still has the power to, to do that, as the cities are the creatures of the province, right? Yeah, and voters have a right to know what they're voting for in an election. Mm-hmm. So um, they were not informed in advance that this was uh, part of the government's uh, plan of action. Therefore, he has no mandate to do it. It's undemocratic to make a decision about something that you didn't talk about during the election. You know, majority of voters voted against the the Ford Conservatives. The the minority that voted in favor were not informed about this. They may not have voted for him if they if uh, he had mentioned it. So it's just that's fundamentally undemocratic and also undemocratic to be dishonest in the reasons you give and to fail to consult. You know, the, on the uh, curriculum teaching health and mm-hmm. and uh, sexual awareness and consent and things like that. Um, he says, we have to go back and consult. 4,000 people were consulted. That's a not enough. This decision has to be made with many more people consulted. And then on this decision, he consults with no one. So his own words, he, he's a hypocrite based on his own standard that you have to consult with people before you make decisions. Duff Conacher is joining us in the Unpublished Cafe. He's the director and co-founder of Democracy Watch as we talk about the Ontario government unilaterally deciding to uh, change the uh, formation of Toronto City Council. And, what, you know, when I look at this and, and they want to reduce down to 25 and, and they want to make those those wards basically in line with federal and, and provincial ridings, I, I found that a little curious. Did you? Uh, it's a simple way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, those ridings are set by independent commissions. It's one of the great hallmarks of uh, of Canada's democracy compared to the U.S., for example, which allows the ruling party to set the boundaries for ridings. And the ruling party in any state sets boundaries that help them and helps their party, and it's all legal. It's called gerrymandering, as people may have heard of. And it's, it really uh, is a, undermines U.S. Uh, um, democratic good governance overall. 
Um, so we have these independent commissions at the federal and provincial level setting boundaries, and they try to take into account uh, issues like, do you have boundaries that mean that certain groups won't be represented at all? Um, for example, their boundaries were changed recently for the ridings. Uh, there used to be a riding that represented Rosedale, one of the richest areas of, of Toronto, and below Bloor, south of Rosedale, uh, the St. Jamestown, Cabbage Town area, one of the poorest areas of uh, Toronto. And so they changed the boundaries so that um, the people south of Bloor, the poor people, would have a chance of electing someone, which they never really had a chance to because their riding included most uh, all sorts of people from the Rosedale, the uh, north of Bloor, the rich, the rich area. So um, that kind of thing has been changed, and and they're set by these independent commissions. So they're not. There's nothing really to question about the boundaries um, and the new ridings and the structure because they have been set by independent commissions. Two of them, one at the provincial level, one at the federal level. You know, I, I wonder. You know, there, there, there's been a lot of history and a lot. A lot of headlines uh, with uh, the name Ford and and the uh, city of Toronto, Queens Park. You know, I, I, I'm just wondering because Toronto is the only municipality that's being targeted in this. Uh, I'm wondering, is this just a shot at Toronto and the GTA? Because you know, now you've got a, a city of Toronto with with potentially 25 councillors here in Ottawa. We've got 23. Yep. If it's a principled decision, then. Presumably, Ford would apply the principle across the province, which just reveals again how it's not a principled decision. It's based on a whim, maybe revenge, because he's getting back at uh, some of the councillors that he fought with while he was on city council and his brother was mayor. Some of those councillors are going to lose their jobs because uh, there'll be half as many seats, essentially, um, on council. And so he's getting back at them. They're going to have to go on and do some other job. Um, you know, if so, it's, it's unfortunate that our conflict of interest act at, in the provincial level and across the country, the conflict of interest rules do not cover things like that. This, where you have a politician doing something that's entirely in their private interest based on a whim, giving dishonest reasons uh, for doing it and failing to consult. You know, our, our ethics rules, our conflict of interest acts should say, you can't just act in your own private interest, and you especially can't do it for dishonest reasons, and, and that should be illegal. But it's legal because politicians write these rules for themselves, and mm. doesn't matter who they are and what party they represent, uh, they're not interested in really effective ethics rules. And so they're not in place, and he's able to make this decision based on a whim, no, no principle involved at all, um, and give... False, make false claims while uh, making the decision, and really, it just seems like a revenge decision. It's, it's again, if, if he was consistent, he would have said, "I'm announced, I'm changing uh, the municipal act for the Ontario, uh, all Ontario cities and towns, and all the councils will be cut in half." And that would have been, uh, that would have been the way to go if it was principled. But right. it's not. It's, it's aimed at Toronto and, and former councillors that he doesn't like. Duff, I want to thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Duff Conacher is a director and co-founder of Democracy Watch, a national nonprofit, nonpartisan organization, Canada's leading citizen group advocating democratic reform, government accountability, and corporate responsibility as well. Duff is an adjunct professor of law and politics at the University of Ottawa. 
These changes to be introduced by the province are defended by the PCs as streamlining city council to make it work better and quicker. The idea of a strong mayor-type system is something Doug Ford has called for before. And, and to get more perspective on that and how it works, I'm pleased to be joined by Caroline Andrew, Director at the Center of Governance at the University of Ottawa. And Caroline, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure. You know, there, there's been uh, there's been some talk uh, regarding this uh, this change to the city of Toronto. There's been uh, comparisons to to Los Angeles and how they do it with less less uh, politicians. Although when you dig deeper, it's not really that way. The strong mayor system. How does the strong mayor system work in a city? The strong mayor works because uh, the major the major. Uh, legal powers belong to the mayor, and the mayor is also the really important sort of convener, symbol of the city, convener, um, and being able to direct a council. Um, I think if I think that the decision is totally wrong, a, a really bad uh, solution that has been proposed to cut them in to cut the council in half is this just uh somebody who just doesn't like politicians and reducing the number of politicians will will make things better but it doesn't really work that way does it no it doesn't work that way because politicians are really important you need people who can uh, can champion causes can symbolize cities you need uh Politicians, they're very important. They're part of the, what I consider the sort of four, uh, a friend of mine wrote something on the four legs of a good table, but politicians are champions. They, they defend causes. They, they work for what is good for their city. They need to be supported by smart bureaucrats, and they need to be supported by community groups. And they need some facts and figures either from the community or the academic institutions. But I think this is basically a sort of a political fight between Ontario um, and the Ontario, which, as we know, is very conservative. And in a way, Ontario has always thought itself as Canada. So it's a fight between... I think, the province and the federal government. And in a sense, this is being done to sort of say, look at what we're doing. We're doing this to, you know, we're going to bring up, uh, bring up, bring down the price of gas. So there'll be way more cars. And we all know that cars are the worst thing possible for the future of our of our province, our country. So I think it's going to um, set up, and the federal election is coming soon, and I think Ford, because he has a huge majority, is going to push uh, on the feds and try and uh, try and do some harm to Trudeau in the next election. Probably thinks he might even be able to uh, defeat Trudeau and have the conservative government in the at the federal level. What should other uh, municipalities be concerned about after seeing uh, an arbitrary decision like this? Do you see this happening in other uh, towns and, and cities? Oh, yeah, I think um, I think all uh, everyone should be worried. Uh, the city of 
Ottawa should be worried, but also I think um, the other thing I think that's a really bad idea is this cutting out the regional level, mm-hmm. because which is doing in Toronto absolutely, because Toronto is huge, and I think the regional level gave certain parts of Toronto the sense that they could consult with their with their like-minded fellows in that regional area and present that regional picture to the city of Toronto. It's just too big now. Toronto is, what, over 500 million, uh, 5 million, yeah. and therefore it's a huge area, and people just get lost in that. They have no sense that they can speak to somebody who knows something about whatever is bothering them. And at least the regional level gave people some chance to to regroup on a regional level, and people who lived in that part of the city had some sense of what their priorities for services are. So I think that's a really dumb decision to have uh, eliminated the regional level. Again, as you said, it's he's trying to build on the idea that people hate politicians. I don't think it's true that people hate politicians. I think some of them hate certain politicians, but I don't think people necessarily think that, uh, well, in any ways, you can prove that the price paid for more politicians is minuscule compared to the price paid uh, for abandoning the cap and trade, which is going to put us, um, give some people cheaper gas for a bit, ruin the planet, ruin, you know, provide private or favor the car and not the public transit solution, which we all know is the only way to go. But um, Ford just wants to pick a fight and say cars, cars and whatever. And, uh, And that favors very much his electorate at the moment, which is um, working class and a bit like, and uh, likes cars, likes very much cars, doesn't like uh, public transit because it has the vision that public transit is kind of for sissies and not for real guys. Caroline Andrew is joining us on the Unpublished Cafe Director at the Center on Governance at the University of Ottawa. And, you know, I, I wonder, Caroline, when, when we look at this move, is this a possible harbinger across the country with a number of provincial elections on the horizon? Could we see, as provinces can now dictate that over to cities, we might see this in Alberta, British Columbia? Yeah, I think there's going to be, I mean, I think there's some really bad things about that, but I think there's also, in a sense, a, a kind of a light at the end of the tunnel, if you want. The, I think the the push will be a lot uh, federal and provincial, and as we all know, the Canadian Constitution gives complete control to the provinces over municipalities, and so they'll gun for that and say that Trudeau is messing around and things that don't um, don't under that isn't in his competence. But the federal government will reply, "Yeah, but we've got the money. We haven't spent it, 
so much just now, but we've got the money for the train. We own the train lines. We own, we do a lot of work on public housing. We're, we promised a lot on daycare. So we'll show, we'll use the money and the provinces will try and say, well, we're saving money for the taxpayers. And of course, nobody understands, and that's really nobody, that people um, who are under the average wage are far better to pay taxes and get services than they are uh, to not uh, to hate taxes and and don't get services. So I think the federal government will put up a a kind of a an battle on certain grounds, a, a feminist agenda, which of course the province hates and has cancelled um, many of the programs, um, public housing and daycare. And, of course, transportation. So I think that they'll push on these and they'll, um, they'll start wanting to talk to the, to the big cities because, as we all know, if you count up the 10 big cities in Canada, that's pretty well Canada. So I think the, the federal government will start to speak to the big cities, to the big city mayors, and start saying to them, look, uh, it may not be the Constitution, but we've got a little bit of cash for some of your problems. We've got cash for, and we could find the cash for um, daycare. We can find some cash, which they haven't yet said what they're going to do about affordable housing, but they could certainly start finding some cash for affordable housing. And, of course, uh, public public transportation. Caroline, I want to thank you for joining us. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Ed. Caroline Andrew is a director at the Centre for Governance at the University of Ottawa, and I want to thank her for joining us on the Unpublished Cafe. As well, I'd like to thank Duff Conacher, director and co-founder of Democracy Watch, and MP Adam Vaughan, liberal member for Spadina Fort York, and he was also on Toronto City Council during Doug Ford's term. It's now your turn to weigh in on the issue. Should Toronto City Council be reduced in size, as the province has indicated it will? You can go to unpublished.vote and cast your ballots. I want to thank you for listening to the Unpublished Cafe. I'm Ed Hand.